We all know that our healthcare system is far from perfect. Sometimes it seems so broken, it's hard to know where to begin the repair. Our guest today has outlined the major dysfunctions in our system. The first step to solving the problems is to understand what they are. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is John Nance. John is a decorated military pilot, attorney, global airline safety expert, and one of the founding members of the National Patient Safety Foundation. He's the author of the recently published Why Hospitals Should Fly, The Ultimate Flight Plan to Patient Safety and Quality Care. Welcome to ReachMD, John. Thank you very much for having me on. John, you have a long, long career in looking at healthcare as well as many other industries. What do you see as our biggest dysfunctions? I think really overall the biggest dysfunction is that we don't realize how to categorize the elements of the dysfunctionalities. In other words, the public thinks that it's all about insurance and there's something about patient safety they don't understand much more. In fact, I think there are at least seven major areas that not only will help us if we put them in these categories to understand the problems and how they interact, but also will help us as a people to figure out how to solve them. The first one, of course, is the one that the public normally looks at. I call it external insurance, the universal coverage debate that most Americans erroneously think is our only major challenge. The second one, of course, is internal insurance, which is practitioners, medical institutions, and it's in crisis and has been for some time and has put a lot of people in a corner of making decisions to quit practice, for instance. Third is physicians in crisis. We don't think of it quite this way, and we really should, especially in terms of the daunting challenges to a happy practice and the degree to which our medical schools have got to change their training and the degree to which our docs out there of all ages have really felt disenfranchised, not only in terms of their control, but also in terms of what they were promised for that eight or ten years of medical school and preparation for practice. I mean, things are not as they were promised, and many of them are very unhappy, and we have to deal with that appropriately because we need happy practitioners, well-paid and stable. Four, we've got a near meltdown in the nursing profession. We're losing this profession. We have to completely reform it. The urgent need is to recognize how it's the most vital linchpin in the hospital patient safety equation, and it's teetering on the brink. Part of it is because we can't recruit instructors for nursing schools because we're not willing to pay them. And part of it is because we've got a crisis in terms of the way nurses view themselves. Five, the medical legal disaster, and I've gotten to be an expert on this, and I can tell you as an attorney with special expertise, there is no way in the world that we are ever going to be able to repair the system. We have to tear it apart. The tort system, as it's called, will never serve the American people when it gets to medical mispractice, which is 95% of what is always mischaracterized as malpractice. And the other two are patient safety, because I think it's an ongoing category in and of itself, and it involves so many of the other things. And finally, the overall philosophy of American health care. We are the only industrial country in the world who considers health care to be an industry. It's not that that's bad. It's just that we have to really rethink this in terms of how it's serving our interests because right now there are 9,000-plus billing codes for every conceivable service and not a single one 
for making the population more healthy. Boy, isn't that the truth? So when you say these all out loud makes complete sense, but also is is overwhelming, uh, where do we begin? Well, I think we begin by insisting, both as members of this profession and as uh, members of the public, that our senators and congressmen, who are quite frankly spending most of their time trying to tear each other to shreds rather than doing the nation's business, take a beady-eyed view that they do not understand these issues and that we have got to educate them. I mean, this is a responsibility that spans the entirety of the United States. We've got some huge decisions to make. It is eating up an enormous amount of our income, not only as individuals, but our uh, our gross national income. And we are getting less for our dollars than other industrialized countries. And uh, there's no excuse for it. We've got some of the finest minds on the planet right here. But we have to reorganize. This is like taking a look at an engine in which somebody has wired the carburetor backwards so that as the engine speeds up, the governor, which is wired backwards, pours more gas into the engine, causes it to speed up until it explodes. We're wired backwards in so many different ways in this system. But there are ways to cure it without going to socialized medicine, as they call it, without doing anything just exactly like other countries. We can fabricate our own solution that still has autonomy in terms of the individual practice elements of not only doctors, but to a certain extent nurses, and yet gives us the ability to cover everybody and to do the job of trying to make this population less sick. And there is precedent, Leslie. We have a system of firehouses throughout this nation. We want our firemen to be well paid. We want them to have good equipment. We want them to have good training, but we don't want to use them. That should be somehow one of the paradigms we look at for medicine. So how do we do it? Well, I think we do it, first of all, by understanding that these elements of dysfunctionality are a result of this is the way we've always done it. In other words, we have to back off and look at the whole system. And I think everybody has a responsibility to that. Secondly, I think we have to say, you know, we need some local involvement in this, too. Each particular town, each particular city really needs to be very involved in asking and answering the questions. How are we motivating our doctors and our hospitals and our nurses and our pharmacists to serve our interest? Are they communicating well enough? I mean, just on patient safety alone, the answer to that, of course, is a resounding no. Why? Why can't we, for instance, reach Six Sigma uh, with medicine? Because we don't have the reporting systems. We don't have the standardized methodology of coordinating electronic medical records. This is going to take some determination by the people in each community to say, look, if the federal government won't do it, we're going to do it in the state. You look at California, and there's some really interesting things being started down there, not only by Governor Schwarzenegger, but by some of the people in the state assembly who have said, you know, we're not going to wait for the feds to do this. We're going to do some ourselves. Massachusetts has made many changes, including the one, of course, that's been highly publicized in covering everybody and mandating insurance. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is John Nance. We are discussing some of the many dysfunctions in American health care. Now, John, here you you have an audience of medical professionals, mostly physicians. I'd say probably most people listening right now are in primary care. Um, you know, we're we're busy enough just trying to see the patients on our list every day. What can what can the average American doctor do to help? The average American doctor can first of all band together with as many of his or her compatriots and fellow practitioners 
and get these questions in front of the people who they work with on a, on a regular basis. In other words, if you're working with one or two or three hospitals, it is not outlandish to call a meeting of the, uh, of the combined medical uh, group and the board at a particular hospital and say, what are you guys doing for problems A, B, and C? What are you doing for standardizing medical records? What are you doing in this particular area or that? Why can't we get together and standardize our methodologies and along the lines of the things that we know work to improve patient safety, that improve quality of care? The larger issues need to be discussed as well. I know you're asking somebody who's doing 80 hours a week or better to add some more time on it. But after all, one of the things that we take on our shoulders as Americans is the responsibility in a system of representative government to be involved, especially where we need change. This is not a Mother Russia type of situation where somebody's supposed to do it for us. So even with the overworked analysis, there are things that can be and must be done. You have to participate or it's going to happen to you in this regard. If we get to a crisis point, we have too many Dennis Quaid incidents, for instance, and the body politic of this country gets exercised and the Congress decides not enough is going to be done, we're going to have a congressional solution to one or another of these areas imposed, and no one is going to like it. It will be a terrible solution. It will not help us, and it will set us back further. So, again, this is something that we, even down to the point of the hardworking practitioner, have to be involved with. And I think in terms of standardizing procedures and improving safety, that is a fairly low-hanging piece of fruit. We can do that by just getting everybody together and say, well, how do we, how do we improve our reliability? How do we learn to be leaders and not commanders, which is one of the basic problems in the way doctors are taught? Where do you suggest our listeners go for more information on these topics? Well, you couldn't have thrown me a nicer softball. Of course, <laughs> I'd like to have you read my book. Uh, but and I'll tell you what that book is about, by the way. My point on that book is simply to say, we do know a lot about what needs to be done, but what would it look like if you put it all in one place, if you did it in one particular hospital? And so I created one out of whole cloth that doesn't exist but could, just north of Denver, and gave them the attributes of all these other points of fine thinking that an awful lot of people have contributed to, whether it's doing a better job in the ICU, as we were talking about, by increasing the space and decreasing the noise and the distraction, whether it's uh, doing a much better job on communication, whether it's standardizing medical records, and especially, and this is probably the most important point to leave you with, I find, and I, I think this is absolutely defensible in every particular scientifically and otherwise, the key to most of the problems that ail us in terms of individual practice mistake come down to relationships. Lack of collegiality, lack of communication, lack of knowing and caring for that other person. When you wipe a lot of that away, all the silos begin to go away and we begin to practice with our focus on a common goal, which is to do the best for the patient and enjoy the profession in the meantime. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to say I was a bit skeptical about your book uh, until I read it. And there are some amazing ideas that I see no reason why we can't all implement tomorrow. And uh, I also would urge our listeners to read it. It's called Why Hospitals Should Fly, The Ultimate Flight Plan to Patient Safety and Quality Care written by our guest today, John Nance. John, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. This is a delightful opportunity. We've been discussing some of the problems in healthcare with John Nance. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. 
To listen to our on-demand library on your computer, just go to ReachMD.com. If you register with the promo code RADIO, you can then get six months of free streaming internet coverage for your home or your office. I'd love to hear your ideas about how to improve our dysfunctional American healthcare system. So also feel free to email me directly at lunt at reachmd.com. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell. Please join me this week for a special segment, Focus on World Health, when I'll be talking with Dr. Robert Bailey about male circumcision as means of preventing HIV infection in Africa. Please tune in. And this is Dr. Maurice Pickard. My guest this week is Molly Melching, founder and executive director of TOSTAN, an organization that through education of human rights has improved Senegal's health. Download complete program information, live streaming, on-demand podcasts, and free CME at ReachMD.com. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air at XM160. You're listening to ReachMD, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. 